Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one loaded page of Talmud each day. And today's page, Gitin 14, it reads like a scene from my favorite movie. Which movie would that be? Oh, like you even have to ask. I know, I know, saying The Godfather is your favorite film is like saying that The Beatles is your favorite band or that you really like chocolate. Of course you do, because these things are amazing. But there's a deep sense of moral complexity in Francis Ford Coppola's masterpiece and in Mario Puzo's beautiful novel that remains moving and instructive. We'll get to that in a minute. But now, back to the Talmud. Our page today tells a story that Puzo would have recognized. It starts when two rabbis, Rabbi Dostai and Rabbi Yose, become involved in a business transaction with some, let's say, shady characters. The details of the transaction are important, of course. It's all about who bears responsibility for a vessel transported from one place to another. But we'll leave that for another day. What matters to us today is what happens next. Displeased with Rabbi Yossi's arguments, the shady characters, they start beating him up. And what does Rabbi Dostai do? He cheers them on. The two rabbis eventually escape, and they go to see Rabbi Ahai. Rabbi Yosai, of course, complains. Rabbi Dostai, he says, treated me shabbily, egging my tormentors on. Not only did it not help me, but he was really just clapping and telling them hit him harder. Why would you do such a thing? asks Rabbi Ahai. And Rabbi Dostai replies, Those people, he says, who are in possession of the vessel, they are the size of a cubit, and their hats were a cubit, and they spoke from their midpoints, and their names were frightening. Arda and Arta and Pili Beresh. If one were to say to them, restrain this person, they would restrain him. If one were to say to them, kill him, they would kill. Had they killed Dostai, i.e. me, who would give Yanai, my father, another son like me? Rabbi Ahai said to him, are these people close to the government? Rabbi Dostai said to him, yes. Rabbi Ahai asked him, do they have horses and mules that run after them, i.e. do they have servants to perform their bidding? Rabbi Dostai said to them, yes. Rabbi Ahai said to him, if so, you acted well, as the situation was entirely out of your control. In other words, Rabbi Dostai simply had no choice. He was staring some stone-cold gangsters in the face, cats with menacing names and menacing hats and menacing goons to do their bidding. And he did something objectively bad. He sided with them and abandoned his friend because he realized it had to be done to save them both. Which brings us back to Michael Corleone. He believed in America. He was a war hero. An officer, a kid done good, who was going to be a successful businessman, maybe even a senator, one day. But then they shot his father, and the police were in on the assassination attempt, and the judges were all corrupt. And Michael Corleone realized, just like Rabbi Dostai, that he's surrounded by guys the size of a cubit who are all trying to kill him and his family. So he did the only thing he could have done in that situation, which is to excuse himself go to the restroom, retrieve a gun he had hidden there, walk back out, and shoot Salazzo and Captain McCluskey point blank. Was his act moral? Of course not. 
Is it defensible? Arguably. Does it resonate with us, truly and deeply and painfully? You betcha. The Godfather is a masterpiece because it is, ultimately, a movie about faith and the difficult things we do as the dictates of our belief come crashing against the imperfect circumstances of our life. In the movie's most famous scene, Michael, serving as the godfather of his nephew, attends the child's baptism. Coppola cuts the solemn sermon with the violent hits Michael had ordered on his enemies. Here, have a little listen. Michael Francis Rizzi, do you renounce Satan? Michael isn't lying about renouncing Satan. He's truly trying. He is struggling. But he lives, like all of us, in a compromised, imperfect, complicated, and wildly unfair world. And like all of us, he finds himself doing things that oughtn't be done. Not all of us, hallelujah, turn out like Michael. The tragedy of the movie is seeing him lose grip on his soul and sink deep into the darkness of crime and violence. But all of us can feel his pain. And today, the Talmud gives us just one more reminder, never to judge ourselves or others in terms of black and white. Things are much more intricate and complicated. So here's hoping we all have the faith and the courage to forgive, to evolve, to do the right thing, or to borrow a phrase, the courage to leave the gun and take the cannoli. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, then you're going to enjoy our brand new Take One newsletter even more. Each week, you'll get an extra shot of Talmudic wisdom straight to your inbox. And for those who sign up before Tractate Gittin ends, we'll be raffling off some Take One swag. So make sure to subscribe at tabletm.ag slash Take One newsletter. As always, please go rate and review Take One on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts, and you could get your Take One t-shirts, mugs, and other amazing form of swag at tabletstudios.com. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruske, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Robert Scaramuccia, Courtney Hazlett, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at takeone.dafyomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic.